This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. There's a game tonight? There's a game tonight, Thursday Night Football. Giants against the San Francisco 49ers. That's why I'm so excited because we actually have NFL football tonight. Uh-huh. And it's the matchup that I, I don't think it's, it could be a better one tonight on Thursday oh, night. Right, Devin Kane? Right, Shannon Penn? I'm just still just trying to figure out the root cause of his happiness <laughs> for the Giants <laughs> losing. You know against what I mean? Devin Kane and Shannon Penn. one of my calls, I broke the rearview mirror because I have no business looking in it. Did they not bring you in for a visit or something? Like, what's going on? There's, some, there's something going down. <laughs> Going down today, boy. Welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. You got Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We do it each and every Thursday. Right around this time, we get a little Aaron Kate Dolan in the building, yes. ESPN Sports betting analyst, does a great job on SportsCenter, part of the Daily Wager. It's always cool to have us in studio with her, even though she's surrounded by Giants fans over there when it comes to Shannon Penn and Devin Kane <laughs> and a Cowboys fan of Freddie Coleman, and she's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So she is in, I don't want to say you're in enemy territory. I am. It's kind More of than like, happy to be in that territory, yeah, too. Yeah, it's like uncharted territory. Because That's what it like makes sense because you are a Cowboys fan, but you're also a Jets fan. Yes. So you. So yes. I, what's the double Ooh. dipping? Because I don't, I don't believe in starting that. Starting when I was oh. a kid. Uh, this is a good question. Starting when I was a kid growing uh-huh. up in New York, I was a Jets fan first. Loved Joe Namath. Love the green and white uniform. So that's the first team I ever became a fan of, of any team in any sport. Okay. During the Super Bowl, one of the Cowboys players, his name is Dwayne Thomas, mm-hmm. when he played there. My middle name is Dwayne, and I never saw Dwayne spelt that way, D-U-A-N-E. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. A professional player has my name as his first name, and the Cowboys were good, and then Roger Staubach <laughs> came along, and I couldn't separate the two. So now you have the story why I got twin Team you you got to come up with a little bit of a better story there of how you can have two. You so, can't be a so fan you, of two so you rather franchises. Me, so wait a minute. You want me, you to, lie to, a, you, you want you want me to lie to make it a no, good story? I, no, I truly believe wherever you are born, that is your fan base and you cannot change. That's I think no, no, I, no. I, I would say, I would say wherever, you, wherever you grew up. No, wherever you were born, you grew up. I don't understand people that just like switch around fan bases based on players that oh, they so, like. Oh, so sure, maybe you oh, want to like yeah. follow a player through his career, but so, come so, on. So what happens? Let's say if you coming in here hot today. Shut up, Harry. So so <laughs> so what happens? Let's say you move to a different city. Your 100%, mom and dad. I'm an Eagles fan. So There's if you no move, way. so the based on your argument, if you move to a different city and you live in that city and you stay in that city, yeah. then you got to be a fan of that team. Based on this argument, what you tell me right now? No. I'm saying wherever you were born is the team and the fan base that you're going to be associated with the rest of your life. If I moved across country and I was mm-hmm. in San Francisco for 30 years, I'm still an Eagles fan. There's well, no way I'd become no a No matter where I've fan. gone, I've still been a Jets and Cowboys fan. But that hasn't the, changed. That's, the argument is that there's two teams that you're fans of. And? you got to associate with one and one nope. only. And Aaron, they, pl- they played each other no, last week, too. That was yeah. a cra- free They country. played oh, each other last week. Don't even get me started because we're... I did that as my dog of the week. Plus eight and a half for the Jets. <laughs> and they decided to let Zach Wilson air the ball out for three interceptions and See? had the most rushing yards See? on the team. See? And they could have just ran <laughs> the ball the think, entire time. You would think people from Philadelphia Cook, know Reece better. Cook, Hall, where were you? You would think people from Philadelphia know these things. But, see, they pay too much attention to their teams, not other teams. That's why they get screwed like that. No, I was feeding the Cowboys. <laughs> Wait, so that, which team were you rooting for last week? I didn't root for I never do that. Oh, oh so now you're, okay, yeah, now I you're. I don't do that, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you can bring me out if you want. Either way, there's no <laughs> win and no but, but, loss. But here's what I want to get to because we have a phenomenal game tonight. We have two we, Giants we? fans yes. in the building. Oh, we have God. the San Francisco 49ers, which I think is the best team in the National Football League tonight. 
mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, right now, period. <laughs> Thursday night football, what are your plays tonight for this All game? right, so we're looking at the San Francisco 49ers in the first half. It's minus 7 on Caesars, but shop the line around. You can find it at minus 6.5. Right. The Giants in the first half of games, tragic. Minus 46 point differential in the first half, which, by the way, is the second worst by any team through two games since 2000. They lost to the Giants 40-0. to Okay, they were down 21 points to the Arizona Cardinals, who are arguably the worst, worst team in the league. Their win total, the Cardinals, is three and a half, okay? Mm-hmm. The Giants are tragic. So Sorry to everybody in the back. I'm sorry. Don't, don't look no, at me talk, like that. No, they can't, they can't talk like to that. me. I'm saying, Aaron, I'm saying with a lot of passion here, but Aaron, I do like the 49ers in the first half. Don't be sorry when you know you're not sorry. Come on yeah, now. I'm that's not, not how we do that. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm, I'm faking it. I'm not sorry at all. And then I'm also looking at Daniel Jones go over 31 and a half passing attempts. I think he's just going to be airing the ball out in this one because he's going to be down. Anytime right. a team that I expect is going to be playing from behind, I like to look at the quarterback passing attempts. On top of that, under Brian Dable, the Giants, 56% pass rate with Saquon on the field. When he's off the field, that jumps to 70%. So those are my two favorite plays for tonight's matchup. Well, Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst, hit her on social media. Aaron K. Dolan joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We know you love interception props. You've been able to (laughs) nail it pretty good Uh so far in the first two weeks of the season. Do you think either quarterback, Daniel Jones of the Giants, or Brock Purdy of the 49ers will have one tonight and why? Well, which one do you think I'm going to go with here? It won't be Brock Purdy. No, it's going to be Daniel Jones. It's going to be Daniel Jones. He's had. Ah, ah. Are you serious? No chill at all. None. The 49ers have had uh, four takeaways already this season. Uh, Second most in the league. We know that Jones, he's already had three interceptions through two games. And since I like those passing attempts, and because I think they're going to have to do that because Saquon's not obviously going to be playing in this game, it's just more likely that he's going to have a pick than not. So between the two, I'd go with Daniel Jones. Now, I got to ask you this. There are a lot of 2 and 0 teams. Well, there's not that many 2 and 0 teams right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have that luxury. Which one has surprised you the most? Honestly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because before the season, I talked about them potentially ending with the worst record because that mm-hmm. was a market you could bet into. Right. And then for them to go 2-0, and I mean, last week wasn't too surprising of a win, but I'd say week one against the Minnesota Vikings, and then now they're going to face the Eagles Monday Night Football. I like the Eagles in this spot just for what it's worth. Um, I know we're a little little ways out from that game. But overall, the Bucks was most surprising, and I know, um, Harry, you're a Falcons fan, right? Yes. So ah! yours, yours are <laughs> – I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> Welcome so to my world for the past as well. And same with your Cowboys. Cowboys, they're two and zero as well. So I would say the Bucks though surprised me the most. Well, how much do you believe in the Cowboys sustaining this? Even though Trevon Diggs suffered an injury today at practice, and he's one of their best cornerbacks, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. How much is it sustainable Whoa. with this injury and with the Cowboys? Not based on the past, but based on what you've seen so far this year. Next game against the Cardinals, it's sustainable. Then you okay. got the Patriots. So that's at home. 49ers, October 8th, I expect them to lose that game. Okay. That's going to be when they're first, first tested. So we maybe, you know, two more weeks until you guys get to cry a little bit. So I don't cry as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I know you want me to. It's not happening. I want to see tears. <laughs> I need to ask Stephen A, can I borrow that video that he plays on first take? I know. His, his clips are way too good. Yeah. I love uh, the memes. Uh, all of the expense of my Cowboys, who are 2-0, and just like Harry Douglas's Falcons and Aaron K. Dolan's Eagles, all of our teams are 2-0. and Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports, Bandless, Sports Betting Analyst, excuse me, in studio, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. On the other side, what 0-2 team are you most surprised by? Oh, 
0-2 team that I'm most surprised by. Um, we're going to go with the Minnesota Vikings because, again, we do so many preseason predictions mm-hmm. and for so many months, and I had said the Minnesota Vikings, I actually thought they were going to go on to win the division. I just thought maybe people were overreacting to how bad that defense was last year. Well, it's still absolutely terrible, so I'm going to take that one back. I'm a little surprised that they are 0-2. Again, I was surprised that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to beat them in week one. Right. Um, and then, I mean, obviously there's other teams such as the Bengals and whatnot, but, I mean, Joe Burrow's banged up. So it's all situational, of course, but I would say the Minnesota Vikings, just based on my analysis coming into the season and mm-hmm. thinking that they were going to figure out their defensive issues, which clearly have not been figured out, that's the team I'm most surprised by. So the Kansas City Chiefs, we haven't seen that offense really put things together so far in the first two weeks. Uh, they are the biggest favorite of the week. Do you think yeah. they beat up on the Bears on Sunday? They roll against the wow. Bears. Okay. I usually don't like laying huge favorites like this for obvious reasons of just a potential backdoor cover if teams start running the ball in the second half or things like that. Anything can happen, but the Chiefs haven't had a dominant performance just yet. Yes, they won last week against the Jags, but they looked terrible in the first half. I had, I had the Chiefs minus two and a half in the first half. I got crushed there at the end, so I'm being a little bit bitter here. But the Bears, I mean, their offense has been terrible. Their defensive coordinator then resigns. It's just, just going to be a really ugly week for them. I'd be surprised if they can put any points really on the board in this one. So I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs to roll. Real quick before we let you get out of here, how much could the line be affected with the Bengals and Joe Burrow's injury and whether Ooh. he's going to play or not play Monday night versus the Rams? So it's already been affected. It opened at minus 6.5. It's gotten as low as minus 2. It's now up to minus 3.5. So this is moving around like crazy. This is a game I would absolutely stay away from. Right. Maybe you bet into some player props when you're aware of Joe Burrow's actual status. Um, but don't ever bet into something thinking you're beating the book. They know just as much as you guys do or you know I should say as much as they do in certain ways but at the same time just be cautious there's more games on the board no doubt about that she's one of our favorites despite the fact she's a friend of me she's known as Erin Dolan <laughs> ESPN Sports Betting Analyst does a great job part of the Daily Wager catch her on Sports Center each and every Thursday we have her here in studio hit her on social oh, media yeah. at Erin Kate Dolan I appreciate it, my friend take care and thank be well thank you thank you great stuff by Erin Dolan joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance insurance on motorcycles boats and RVs for protection on the road and on the water see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So we have an update here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. According to Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, and Ian Rappaport for the NFL Network, the Dallas Cowboys believe that Trevon Diggs, during a one-on-one duel today, suffered a torn ACL. He would now undergo an MRI to confirm the injury. That's according to sources. And according also to Ian Rappaport, the Cowboys believe once he gets an MRI in that knee, the concern that based on initial tests, Harry, that he tore his ACL, that's what sources are telling Ian Rappaport, the NFL Network, and also Adam Schefter of ESPN. Freddie, I'm, 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 I'm shocked right now. And it's, it's very rarely that I'm speechless. I'm, I'm just in shock because the man that Trayvon Diggs is, the player that he is, he just got his money, just got paid. But what he, what he means to not only this defense, but the football team of the Dallas Cowboys, this mm-hmm. is a huge Loss. Now, they're going to need other people to step up, and Deron Bland was a guy who got a lot of playing time last year and really stepped up. Uh, Jordan Lewis, they traded for Noah Iganagany yep. uh, from, my, from the Miami Dolphins, so he's going to have to play an intricate role in this defense now. But 
I I feel sorry for Trayvon Diggs. I I really do. One of the things about that we know time and time again, when anytime people make preseason predictions or have preseason prognostications, no one's ever going to take injuries into account because you're planning on that not happening, happening, or you're hoping that's not going to happen. And as white hot as this defense has been, and we know Micah Parsons gets the line share of attention, as he should, because for my money, he's been the best player in the NFL the first two weeks. You can make that conversation between him, Tyree Kill, wide receiver to Miami Dolphins. I'm good with it, but for my money, that guy's been the best player. Not best defensive player, the best player so far in the first two weeks of the National Football League. I can't even imagine the kind of extra essential pressure is going to be there not having that guy in the back end who is so central to the back four of a terrific Cowboys defense. It sucks. It sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who lived that life, right? So so I I know what that's like. I know what it's like to get that news, man. And and it's just, it sucks for him because he's such a great player. And I I don't want any player, it doesn't matter the level of football, college, pro, middle school, high school. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to go through this. Right. But it's a part of the game. Um, I'm, I'm wishing him a speedy recovery, but I hate hearing this about players, man. And unfortunately, this is the part of the game that a lot of people on a normal basis don't take into account. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. When you're fans, when, when you're watching the games and you're talking about practice and you're just rooting for your team, that's why these players fight for getting as much money as possible because you never know when that day is going to come. I've always been fascinated, based on what you just said, how anytime a player – believes he's outperformed this contract or believes he wants more money and deserves more money, that a lot of the times the fans will side with the owners. Because if it that never ha- made sense to me, right, though. Because if that happened in their workplace, you would, they would come after you with pitchforks and fire. and say, what do you mean? You know, we, we work hard and we deserve the fair wage and the better wage than what we're getting. But when athletes have a chance to speak up for themselves – because they don't get a chance to do what you do as the average Joe and Josephine for the rest of their life. Yeah, the money that they can potentially make is going to be a lot more than people are going to make in 100 lifetimes. Not trying to compare the two. But it always, always has fascinated me, Harry, that not, just not saying Trayvon Diggs is greedy and not trying to put him in the greedy category when it comes to that. But when you can only do your career in, the, in professional sports for a short amount of time, I'm not going to be against anybody, especially if they know that their value, their fair market value is worth more than the team is going to want to give to them when you got billionaires out there making so much money, but yet nobody attacks them as much as they attack players for wanting more than they can get or should get or believe that they're owed to by the ownership groups in the NFL. And, and Freddie, that's the business part that these players are starting to understand and learn a lot more now in 2023, more so than previous years Mm -hmm. if this would have happened to Trayvon Diggs before he got all this money five years 97 million dollars absolutely do you think from a business perspective that Jerry Jones would have wanted to give him this money that he deserves no Jerry Jones doesn't operate like that that's what I'm saying that's why he this you know that's why Trayvon Diggs earned that you mentioned five years 97 million dollar contract 21.2 million dollars in signing bonus over 42 million dollars in guaranteed money and average annual salary of $19.4 million. So, yeah, Trevon Diggs is going to be okay. Man, I feel from bad financial for him standpoint. Right now, Freddie. You can just tell him my voice, man. I, I, I feel bad for him. Especially when somebody, by the way, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let us know what do you think about the news. Trevon Diggs, it seems that the Cowboys' outstanding cornerback may have suffered a torn ACL during a one-on-one drill of practice today. He's going to get an MRI, but according to 
Adam Sheff, the that's, ESPN that's, NFL that's Insider the right and there. Ian Rapport NFL Network, they believe that it is a torn ACL. That, that's the part that's getting me when you keep saying one-on-one drills. Freddie, you know where I turn my ACL at? One-on-one drill? One-on-one drills in practice. Because for those who don't know, one-on-one drills, they do this every Thursday. I did it when I played in college. You do when you played in college yep. and also in the NFL. One-on-one drills is that it's the cornerback versus the wide receiver or running back versus linebackers offensive lineman versus defensive lineman. It's all about getting you ready for Saturday and one-on-one drills. There's blocking techniques. They're trying to see who's going to play the best, who can work, work out the best. But it's basically a workout part of the practice drill that happens. So yep. you're running pass routes. You can run the flag route. You can run the go route. You can run the quick seam, and the D-back has to match up with you. We used to love one-on-ones in practice on Thursday because after getting beat on Tuesday and Wednesday by the defensive backs, that was our chance to get retribution on Thursday. Oh, you've been wearing us out. Now it's time for us to wear you out. But it's always a great thing to foster competition and have those kind of one-on-one drills. But I've also seen lately a lot of these kind of injuries happen in those drills on Thursdays in the NFL and in college football. And, and I'll tell you one of the things that we started to do late in my career when I was with the Falcons and when I got with the Tennessee Titans is that we would let a lot of the young guys take the one-on-one reps, but those mm-hmm. older veteran players right. where you know that they know how to run routes, you know how, how savvy they are in getting open, we would just do – uh, a release drill with the DBs where okay. we re- re- release, uh, do one-on-one drills release-wise and release about six to eight yards down the field and stop, right? So the DB can still work on their technique and right. getting their hands on and the receiver can work on getting his hands off a of DB yeah. and how dipping his shoulder or whatnot to, to, to avoid that contact uh, because so many people had started getting hurt during the one-on-one drills. Because at the end of the day, honestly – it's good to a certain extent. It's not realistic, though, because the quarterback right. can still sit back there and hold the football until the receiver gets open to find, right. some way, find and, a way to get open. But now you've got guys extending themselves. And not saying it's a useless drill. I would never say any football drill involving yep. technique, involving the proper release, coverage, getting off press coverage, whatever it is, reading the defensive back. I would never say it's a useless drill. But it gets to a certain point at what price paradise to try to get players ready in a drill on a Thursday that costs you your defensive back because now Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, is confirming the MRI has confirmed that Trevon Dix suffered a torn ACL during today's practice doing a one-on-one drill. And I wonder how much of this, because you know how this works, Harry, in the NFL. Anything that may contribute to something will scare people to death that they don't want to do it anymore. I wonder how much coaches may look at this and say, okay, do we really need to continue to do this? Because we can't afford to lose a guy that may not be as talented as Trevon Dix in secondary, but somebody that we really need to be out there and have the not have that risk of injury heightened before he gets to have a chance to play on Man, Sunday. I'll be honest with you, Freddie. When there were times where we didn't want to do the release drill anymore, we just went down to nine on seven and just lined up and work on our blocking technique. Okay. So that's another thing that we did in place of the one on one drills. Yeah, and I'm like you though. I'm not going to sit up here and say that you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Because when you have young DBs coming into the National Football League and they need to understand the technique that they need to play because it's so different than what the college game is. Right. Those guys have to get those reps. But I think when you get to the point of where you have these veteran players mm-hmm. and you have those meaningful reps throughout, you know, practice, I know early in practice during the season is really only when you get to go against the, the like one-on-ones, yeah. like do like good, ones. Good on, on good. Exactly. So I don't know. It, it is an opportunity to do that. But I think for players who understand where they are from a, from a playing standpoint, right. I don't think they really need to do it. Right. By the way, check out the injuries in the last 10 years in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets popped his Achilles. Nick Chubb, seven days later, 
disintegrated his knee running up for the Cleveland Browns. And now Trevon Diggs, barely three days later, three all-pro superstar guys, no longer going to be in the National Football League in 2023. There's even concern that we may not see Nick Chubb on a football field, not just in the Cleveland Browns uniform, yep. but may not on a football field forever. Aaron Rodgers is determined to come back in 2023, 2024, excuse me. Trevon Diggs, young enough that he'll be able to bounce back because recovery from ACLs is a lot different now than it used to be 5, 10, 15 years ago because of modern science and modern medicine. But think of those three players, all pro-type players in the last 10 days, and Aaron Rodgers, Nick Chubb, and Trevon Diggs out for the season because of injuries. And I'll say right now, Trayvon Diggs, he's going to need his brother Stephon Diggs to, 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 to be with him and be in his corner. Yeah. I know it's hard to be with him because it's the football season and he plays mm-hmm. for the Buffalo Bills, but yeah. when you have a brother, and, and, and Freddie, this was a wonderful thing that I had with my brother because he played a professional sport, you understand everything that one another goes, goes through. So – He's going to have to be there for his brother spiritually, mentally. He's not going to be able to do it physically, but continuously talking to his brother, man, and, and keeping him motivated and just being by his side. That's, that's what brothers are for, especially when they're close like those two are. Real quick, how did, how did the team handle that? Because no one wants – not saying they don't want to be there to support you, but when a player's injured and he's around the team, there's that look of, oh, man, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be him. How did how did the team handle that when it happened to you or when you on the team and something happened to somebody else and you know you still had to keep your focus on playing football despite that that was out there? Well, no, my teammates did a great job of supporting me. And I think one of the things that my head coach did and also my offensive coordinator, after I had my surgery and I was at, at a point where I was able to travel, right. I traveled with the team because it happened my second year. Um, and they still made me a part of things. And I still was in there with my playbook, learning and going through things with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it But it – it, it was – you got to a point to where you were so thankful when you came back from the injury. All I wanted to do, Freddie, was smell the damn grass. Right. Because you had been out of football for so long, and you thought you appreciated everything to a certain degree mm-hmm. until something like that happens and it's taken away. So now I honestly feel like my wife is my wife now because I tore my ACL. Really? It, wow. it gave me an opportunity to, to view things from the outside looking in now versus the inside looking out. So there are a lot of things that I may have been clouded by, but me tearing my ACL, that's the positive out of me tearing my ACL. Me being married to my wife and having a beautiful family because I was able to see certain things that I may have been blinded uh, by because of the fame and doing so well. You know how it goes, man. No you, doubt you about know. that. Yeah, great stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry, like we mentioned, the big news of the day. Cowboys star cornerback Trevon Diggs doing a one-on-one drill, suffered a torn ACL after an MRI confirmed that diagnosis for the outstanding cornerback of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk to an NFL player, not so much about that, but he has a lot in common with his team, just like the Dallas Cowboys, when it comes to this early part of the season. He'll stop by and talk about his early teens' season success next on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio in case you missed the news. Cowboy star cornerback Trevon Dick suffering a torn ACL during a one-on-one drill today at practice involving the Dallas Cowboys. They're about to play the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. We're still worried about Joe Burrow having that calf strain. He may not play Monday night for the Cincinnati Bengals against the Los Angeles Rams and the Carolina Panthers. They're not expecting Bryce Young, their first-round pick, their first overall pick in the NFL draft, to not play versus the Seattle Seahawks dealing with an ankle injury he suffered on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints. But going back to the Dallas Cowboys, Dan Quinn, we know what kind of defensive coordinator he is, an outstanding defensive coordinator. And this defense so far in the first two weeks, leading the NFL in defensive efficiency. Now, all of a sudden, if you're that team, if you're that defense, but even if you're the offense as well, a team that goes through enough pressure, self-inflicted pressure when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, losing a guy like this, that's going to test the metal of a team that at times has not been able to step up mentally in crucial situations on off the field in Dallas with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's definitely a mental hurdle, not just for Trayvon Diggs because he got that news that he tore his ACL, but also for everyone else on that team and also especially I would say that defense because they look at him as being one of the leaders. They look at him as being one of the playmakers, and he has displayed this. And when you talk about what type of corner that they're now losing, you're talking about a guy that's going to take chances. And who cares if he gets beat for four or five touchdowns throughout a year? When you're able to pick the ball off or, you know, come in on Saquon Barkley and hit him on the side and the ball pops up and it gets picked off and returned for a touchdown, you're very instinctive as a player. And that's what coaches want from their DBs. Don't be scared to take chances. See things happening, mm-hmm. be instinctive, mm-hmm. and go react. Mm-hmm. That's what Trayvon Diggs does a great job of. And, you know, most DBs are on that side of the ball because they can't catch. Well, Trayvon Diggs, that's not the case. He is a guy that moved to the defensive backfield when he was at Alabama because he was a wide receiver. So he's a guy, that's another reason why he's able to pick the football off on numerous of occasions or when he gets those pass deflections downfield. Let's say a receiver is open on a post and he catches up and he tries to catch that ball at the high point and now it's an incomplete pass. It's because he has those wide receiver skills, but the instincts that he has and the chances that he takes on a normal basis is what puts a lot of fear and offensive coordinators in throwing his way because at the end of the day, it can be an interception, but it can be a pick six and going the other way as well. It's funny you mention that because how much did we hear from Justin Fields yesterday, the Chicago Bears, that they're not allowing him to be instinctive enough. He's taking his instincts away, and he feels like a robotic quarterback. You look at Zach Wilson, quarterback of the New York Jets. Many people wonder if he has any kind of instincts to be a successful quarterback, and what can the Jets get out of him? 
to bring those instincts out to make sure that he's not just going to continue to be a lost quarterback soul and then the Jets have a lost season when it comes to that because they got everything else. They got the running backs. They got the wide receivers. They got the defense. The offensive line will try to manage that. But if you don't have that quarterback to override those kind of things, it's going to be a problem. Now, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, that instinctive play that has been so synonymous, not just with him, but also a guy like Micah Parsons, who has great instincts, who's able to play to that ability, and understand exactly when to go get that play and win the matchup on the mismatch, finding those kind of players that have brought that to the table, no matter what position, when you don't have that dude in your lineup, a key dude like that, it can affect everybody, and not just on one side of football with Trevon Diggs serving that to an ACL today in practice for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, Greeny, though, I mean, excuse me, Freddie, those type of people. I get it. You were Greeny all day for two yeah, hours. I, I get know. it. Then I did this radio show right after the show, As long as you call me Kimberly Martin. <laughs> I love Kimberly, but if you confuse me with a woman, then we got major problems And, and I'm reading the, green, the Greeny behind your back, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, in the studio. But he, when he's up in Bristol, which he normally is, he's always down in New York. But I would say this. One of the reasons why you hear so many people that feel like the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the National Football League right now is because you have those instinctive players. Right. You have those guys that that you view as being dogs on the football field and you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about their confidence. You understand that they're going to get you over the hump. They're going to make the play of the plays that put your team in a position to be successful and win. Now one of those players are now gone. Who's going to step up and be able to make plays? And it's not just going to be one guy. Collectively, it's going to have to be done in that secondary now. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We mentioned Mike Greenberg from Greeny Monday through Friday. 10, 8, to 12, noon on ESPN Radio. Also on Get Up, Harry Jones, those guys, and they do the little, that boy bad, and they get their Dirty Bird dance on each and every Thursday. He's on Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Check out what he had to say about what Zach Wilson and the Jets about to play the New England Patriots this weekend at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Mike Greenberg says, we know the truth of the matter is, but here's some other truth you better realize regarding Zach Wilson if you're a Jets fan. I told you last week what I believe the fans of the team need to do is build up Zach Wilson's confidence as best they can. If and when this weekend when they play New England at home, things go bad, he throws a bad pick, do not boo him off the field. That kid's confidence is obviously hanging by a thread if he has any. He needs to be built up to have any chance to succeed. That's the fan in me. But I have to tell you what I believe to be the truth. And the truth is... He can't play. He's not an NFL quarterback. Scott in Kentucky has something to say about this at 888-729-3776. Big Scott, what you got, my friend? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even – I wasn't even a Zach Wilson fan. I didn't think he should have been taken number two. Mm -hmm. But did you see what Daniel Jones did in week one? He was supposed to to be a franchise quarterback. He got sacked seven times. They had all summer to prepare against what might be the number one or two defense in the league. The Jets' offensive line is atrocious. Aaron Rodgers had two pass plays. He, had to, he got hurried on both of them. Okay, so it's one thing to say, is this guy your franchise quarterback? Nobody's even given him a chance. They're not even giving him a chance to try to be a better leader, a better teammate, which he has been. And you're comparing him. Did you, did you want, who thought that, the, that Zach Wilson was going to go into Dallas and look like Tom Brady? Nobody. <laughs> well, somebody took them in eight points. The lady you had on list said, I took the Jets plus eight. Why? What made you think that they were going to show up after Dallas did what they did to the Giants? So here's, here's my problem with all this. I hear Stephen A. Smith on ESPN sitting next to Greeny talk about he felt sorry for Garrett Wilson for making a great move. 
and and faking a defensive guy out, and Wilson doesn't even come close on the pass. It was a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Watch the replay. He got his elbow hit. Doc Wilson was going to throw the pass. That he got his elbow hit from behind from the defensive end. And I know that play. We used to run that play a lot too. We used to call it four thirty five Bob Pass X glance and mm-hmm. and <laughs> four three five is the receiver routes for those who don't know. One runs a four, one runs a three, one runs a five, right? No, no. So in my so I was never in the number system. Okay. So the four thirty five is like the the protection. Okay. And you're faking the thirty five uh, Bob, right? You're faking thirty five Bob. And then you're turning around, and the outside receiver has a five-step So they can run to the left and going to the right. Exactly. And if it was the opposite way, it would just be 434 bypass Got next it. glance. Yep. Okay. But it was a great job. It was a great job of Zach Wilson putting the football on him. But I don't think the Daniel Jones comparison is one I would use because we just also witnessed Daniel Jones in the second half do his thing and come back and lead that team back. I remember a few years ago Daniel Jones went down to New Orleans in the Superdome, mm-hmm. and I believe it was – 400 yards he put up passing. Might have been three-something, but, right. you know, he did his thing. I, I, I don't see that for Zach Wilson. No, I don't At least either. you've seen a little promise. Daniel Jones had, had his flaws. Absolutely. It still does. Yeah. But at least you've seen a tiny bit of promise. Yeah, I, get, I don't yeah. see that promise in Zach Wilson. Yeah, I get why Scott's defending him, and he's right. But let's remember this. That Cowboys defense is going to do that to a lot of offensive lines. You better believe it. They're going to do that to a lot of quarterbacks. I don't yep. care if your name is Zach Wilson, Wilson, Zachary, Tom Brady, Brady Thomas. If your offensive line can't protect your quarterback, guess what the Cowboys are going to do? They're not going to be hunting. They're going to be catching. The difference is with Zach Wilson, yeah, we were told the Giants drafted Daniel Jones and they may have overdrafted him. The Jets have clearly shown they overdrafted for Zach Wilson with the number two pick in the draft, saying that this is the guy that we believe in that's going to be a franchise quarterback. Now, not everything is his fault, but there's certain things you want to see that you don't want to see in year three that you're seeing. The same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, you get your arm hit on one play, and Scott in Kentucky is right. That's a play that the Cowboys defense won. But I've seen plenty of other plays by Zach Wilson where he has no business trying that, and he throws an interception or throws the ball on the ground or doesn't make the right play. That overrides a defensive play, winning on one play, forcing an interception or an incompletion against Zach Wilson. And I think consistency, right? You can't have two great plays and then you have three bad ones in a row. I'll settle for one. So consistently, game from game from game, you have to be consistent in your play. Harry, I'll settle for one. He said, I'll settle for one. Not even one great play. That's how you know it's gotten bad. I'll settle for one above (laughs) average play. Start there. Gary in Miami, my friend, what do you got to say about Zach Wilson and his troubles in New York? Well, well, first of all, you know, I play college. That one-on-one drill is hell, especially when it's going mm-hmm. in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Broken fingers, broken wrists, shoulders, dislocations, because you're wow. fighting, and it's only about 12 yards out. So, wow. yeah, I feel for that injury, man. I, I really feel. I think that drill should be eliminated. But let me talk about Zach Wilson, man. I grew up in Shea Stadium, man. I grew up in Flushing. And I'm in Miami now, and I'm in, I'm in purgatory with New York sports. <laughs> I don't pay to give nobody confidence. If Philadelphia fans can throw snowballs at at Santa Claus, I'm booing him the first time he makes his first mistake, and I'm booing all the rest of the day. I don't care. So, yeah, he can be booed. And matter of fact, not only can he be booed, but he shouldn't have been drafted because he wasn't accurate in college. And they overdrafted for him, and everyone knew that. Gary, Gary, real quick, where did you play college ball at, my friend? I played Florida State, and I was a track guy. I was a seven-four high jumper, also. Oh, so, man. but my whole point to this is, Wilson, we reached. He wasn't accurate, mm-hmm. and you can't make a guy accurate. You can improve it, like you see in Jalen Hurts, but you can't make it. Aaron Rodgers. I gotta admit, when I watch Hard Knocks, 
I didn't realize he was that accurate. I was like, yo. And I didn't even like him because I thought he was too old and the Jets should have had a plan B to begin with. But we are where we are. Yeah, no doubt about that. I'm going to boo him the first time he drops back and makes the first mistake. (laughs) Boo, boo, boo all day. Gary in Miami is not here to play with Zach Wilson based on his potential lack of play. But there's a tight end out there in the NFL that does not have to worry about his quarterback doing what Zach Wilson has done. And his quarterback is younger than Zach Wilson. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Oh, you know those dirty birds have been that vibrant thing in Atlanta. Off to a 2-0 start when it comes to the Falcons. He's former Falcon Harry Douglas. I'm just a guy that does not mind the Falcons. Knowing him is Freddie Coleman, part of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app and series X-Men Channel 80. And John New Smith has been a big factor with this team. Had a key catch on Sunday, has been a great part of their blocking system. With a 2-0 start, he joins us, the Atlanta Falcons tight end of Freddie and Harry. Hit him on social media at EasyMoney underscore 81. John, I don't want to say that you've been freed from the Patriots, but what does it feel like to actually be freed from the Patriots and the Falcons are 2-0 and your former team's 0-2? Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, we uh, we we said that conversation for another day. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> what's up, Brody? How you doing, man? HD, what's up, baby? How you, man? Man, nothing much. You know, living the luxury luxury life, man, and it's and I'm feeling I, I good know. too. I'm feeling good doing it. You look good, baby. You look good, man. It's good to see you on there every morning, my guy. It's Appreciate it, man. You on there doing your thing, man. John, I got you. You got some young guys in your room. You're now the veteran player. I remember when we were in Tennessee. You were the young guy. I was a vet. Now you're the vet. <laughs> as time flies, yeah. what's it like, man, playing with B. John Robinson and being able to block for a guy like that when he's making people miss, and also line up and be in the same room with a guy like Kyle Pitts? Absolutely, man. You know, guys like that, man, they make our jobs a lot easier. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you go out there, you know. Um, you may, you know, HD, you play, man. And sometimes, you know, every block may not be perfect. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, once you just get a piece of a guy, man, and you just kind of, you know, uh, you know, playing fast and, you know, things just kind of, you know, fall into place. But those guys that's, that's that's running with the ball in their hands, man, a guy like Bijan and, you know, we got other Tyler out there. And, you know, those guys make your job a lot easier, man. So, um, you know, Cordero Patterson, and, and, you know, it's going to be great to get him back, man. But, like I said, man, those guys, you know, they're fun to play with and make my job a lot easier. So, Sunday, your guys are going up to Detroit to face the Detroit Lions. We've seen them beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday, uh, Thursday night football to start the year, but also we've seen them lose a game last week to the Seattle Seahawks. When you're preparing to play a team that you know that you know is going to be very physical, what's your mindset? I already know physicality is a part of the Atlanta Falcons, period, but when you're going against a team who has that same mindset – What's your thinking going into a game like that? You you, you got to make them match our physicality. You go and set the tone, and um, you know I think that that's the key to playing every team on on, on Sundays, man. It's a very competitive league. Um, you know, guys are smart. Um, you know, and, and guys just play with a, a a certain mindset that separates them from the average guy. So, um, you know that that that's been my mindset. Um, you know, as an individual, but um, you know, part of me. Um, meshing well here is like you said earlier. You know that's our identity as the Atlanta Falcons. You know we if, if we don't do anything, man. Um, you know we're going to try to impose our will on our opponents. So um, you know those guys will be teed up, man. You know that you know all due respect. You know all respect due to them. Um, you know they've uh, you know you know brought in some key guys to you know kind of help them win. 
and uh, you know some younger guys have stepped up for them. And uh, you know we 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 know that we're walking into uh, <laughs> no pun intended, but a lion's den. You know what I mean? And we, we know that those guys will be riled up and teed up. You know, but so are we. And it's going to be a great one. John Lou Smith does a great job as the Atlanta Falcons tied in. Hit him on social media at Easy Money underscore eighty one. Joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Be honest. What kind of teammate was Harry Douglas that one season you guys played back in Tennessee? <laughs> man, when I got when I got to Tennessee, man, HD took on that you know that that coach's role. You know what I mean? He was he was battling with some some injuries. Um, you know when, when I got there, and you know he was trying to get back into the groove of things, man. But HD was a true vet. You know what I mean? I, I got I got plenty of HD stories, man, about how um, you know he actually uh, you know the narrative around vets. You know what I mean? Was 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 lot different um than i expected um but when i came in and had a guy like hd in that room man he uh you know he you know he he gained a lot of my respect early on man and uh you know it, you know he was a pleasure to play with but i, I trust me i've I seen i've seen the film i, I know what my, my guy can do man so, and i know the numbers that he put up and uh you know i was glad to play with him Wow, that's fantastic. I was kind of hoping for some dirt, but I guess I didn't get it. So No, we don't air our dirty laundry. We're not airing our dirty laundry. He, see, he goes south side of Atlanta, HD. I don't need the people need to know him. Uh, ain't no doubt. Ain't no doubt. John, ain't you, no doubt. John, you a true blue, my friend, because most people say, oh, yeah, guys, and John, I'm not doing my boy like that, man. I'm just, that's not what we're nah, going to can't. do. Hey, gee, I can't do my guy like that, man. I, I I, I'm glad to hear that. Hey, John, keep it the great work, my friend. Great start to the season. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. John Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. Like we mentioned, hit him on Twitter, Easy Money underscore 81, joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You got some true blues right there, man. Yeah, he, he, didn't see, he didn't see me have to slap somebody before. He, he know. Oh, really? That's my boy. Excuse me. Excuse me? Because we don't advocate violence on this on fine family field. program. On the football field. You we know, don't BB, advocate violence on the football field BB in this family program. Crazy. I had to slap a couple of them. You know, I don't what? play with them. Really? Yeah, you? Yeah. Fun little loving man, Harry? Little man syndrome. Acting like an enforcer? <laughs> like a hitman? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Another deadly injury, dastly injury, excuse me, happening in the football field involving an NFL star. That's next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.